This podcast is brought to you by Dancecape. For the latest in dance, lifestyle, culture, and entertainment news, visit www.dancecape.com. Dance is passion. We're in conversation here with Mr. Aaron Zygman. Mr. Zygman is the composer of the recently released Take the Lead film starring Antonio Banderas. How are you, Mr. Zygman? I'm great. Very good. We're pleased to have you with us. Thank you. Um, well, let's, uh, let's go back to the top here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background um, as a composer and how you come at composing? Well, uh, I started playing piano at six, and I was taught by my mom, who was a pianist and harpist, and then I developed my musical skills over the years of my life, playing piano and studying music and writing songs and looking at scores and just digesting everything across the board and, you know, trying to pave my way to be somewhat of a you know, half-complete musician. <laughs> <laughs> and I notice, obviously, um, in this film and a lot of other work, your scope of musical style is really remarkable. So what, what was your journey in going from style to style? Um, I've always been a fan of, of as many styles of music as, as I've gravitated to. I've always believed there's really no demarcations in music with the exception of, uh, of basically committing to something that is quality, you know, and, and, and I think all music has, a, has an origin. So uh, I've always, you know, maybe maybe it could be because of uh, many years producing different records and arranging on records and pop music led me to a lot of different styles, just besides loving classical music as well. So it was a neat thing for me when I got into film because I was able, to, I'm able to go to different genres because I don't really have a niche that, that, you know, I have certain things that I love, but I, I'm able to cross a lot of different areas because I've played a lot of different styles of music in my life. And I notice in um, in your bio, you've got you're probably one of the the few musical artists who can speak of working on music from Aretha Franklin all the way to Christina Aguilera. So, and you you mentioned earlier there's a common origin in this music. So, if I'm looking at these vastly contrasted artists, what is the common origin? Well, if you look at Aretha Franklin and Christian Aguilera, the obvious denominator is soul. Uh, they both have incredible pipes, and <laughs> Aretha is, is, the, is, you know, obviously was the queen, and Christina is, is I've worked with both of them. I both heard their tracks solo behind the board, and, you know, Aretha's I heard when I was a kid when I was producing her on a duet album with the Four Tops in Detroit years, about 15, 18 years ago, and Christina, I had the lucky experience of being her torchlight pianist going across the world when she just did her first record and producing a track on her album. So I heard her sing and I had both those, you know, they're both, both of their facilities come from this incredibly uh, uh, just powerful, soulful place in their bodies and that's the common origin that I find. So in your position, there's a lot of criticism that's geared towards modern musicians saying, you know, they're not real musical artists the way we had in the, you know, in, uh, in Aretha Franklin's time. Do you feel I, work that that's a legitimate criticism? Well, I, I think that's, you know, I, I, don't, I think in every generation there are amazing savants and incredibly talented people and uh, people with magical skills. I mean, Christine is one of those. Aretha, you know, is, is certainly really innovative, but even if we go back... You know, what about all the artists and people that aren't famous? You know, I, you can watch into a church somewhere, you know, in Los Angeles or in the South or wherever, and in gospel music you could hear just some girl that's just amazing and singing, and you go, wow, she's incredible. And you go, well, what record does she have out? She doesn't have a record. 
you know? Right. I mean, there's, there's people who, you know, who I've heard that go, I close my eyes and go, God, she sounds kind of like Christina. And she, yeah, here's another young girl. She sounds a little bit, you know what I mean? There's so many talented people that we don't know about that I think uh, criticism is only based upon what is put through us and put before us in a medium. And, and there's a lot of unknowns and variables that I think uh, it's a little too to uh, myopic you know, to go to that form of criticism. Okay. Okay. Um, you mentioned again. Uh, it's it's just it's it's wonderful to have the context. Speaking of yourself as a, as a hybrid, uh, a master of hybrid different musical forms. Where do you see music going? Is it is it continuing this process of hybriding different forms, or is it going towards new areas? What are the major influences that are starting to move forward? Um, I think we're we're finding an influence between. Uh, I think a new new thing that's happening, and of course because of modern music. Let's just talk about you know, film because I know right. a little bit more about that. I would say than I do currently about all the intricacies and all the you know tip anomalies of records. Um, I think this influ influence between orchestra and imaging and hybrids of all being fused together is is, is a more prevalent sound that we hear now. Mm -hmm. um, I think. Uh, as the difference between of old, you know, back then and, you know, 40s and 50s and 60s, I think with the exception of the 60s and 70s because people started trying new things more then, but, you know, predominantly our world was orchestral and, and early on and felt all orchestral. Now it's, it's, a, it's a variance of all these things being, you know, and, and what's, what's happening now is, is cross-culturizing cross is just a big thing now. You know, just the example of Take the Lead of where we... You know, I hooked up with Swiss Beats, and we, you know, brought his hip-hop world in with a little bit of my orchestral world, and, and then a little bit of my world, you know, other world or his world, and, it, and then it became, it's not about orchestral, it's not about hip-hop, hip-hop can be orchestral, and orchestral can be hip-hop, if that right. makes any sense at all. Hmm. So in, uh, if we're going to take it um, to discussing this, this specific composition of, of the work and take the lead, if we're looking at a piece, like you've got several here, that are combining uh, fundamentals of tango with fundamentals of hip-hop, what are the rules? There are no each? rules. And, well, so what are the guidelines? Maybe it's probably a better word. The only rules are, I, uh -huh. guide, the guidelines and the rules are kind of paying homage to what the structure and the, and the piece of music is. So if something appears in that cloth that's recognizable, that right. becomes the rule. You know, are we going back to the song now? Are we paying homage to the song? Oh, we, yeah. how, how much are we stretching out and taking it? You know, it almost becomes like its own separate piece of music. But it, it always, you know, that's the thing about color. You know, there's always a little, there's a hip sample or there's a cool melody or there's some kind of instrument that, that takes the listener back to, oh, I know why I like that piece of music. Hmm. Because of that, you know, it's almost maybe, and I could be wrong, but maybe in dance, you know, there's a there's a parallel, there's a move, there's a line, there's a there's a certain, uh, uh, you know, what I mean, a certain figure that you guys present, and a certain motion that's communicated that goes, oh, I see why that could be a balance sheet, or that is, you know, that that feels like something out of, you know, the algorithm would have would have implied, or or you know, like the gram, whatever. You know, I mean, there's always something recognizable to someone who is really into the arts. Yeah. Excellent. So it's all about referencing. Referencing, exactly. Excellent. Referencing Excellent. And, and what the gravitational pull is. You know? Now, moving specifically into this project, what is it that first intrigued you and drew you to uh, working on with the script? Well, it, it, just the idea of, of all these different pieces of music coming together and, and being all kind of 
barrel together in one pile. That's so neat to be able to be a part of that. You know, I'm a Nat King Cole freak of, of all early recordings. I mean, when I heard Fascination, I said, oh my God. You hear him singing, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, and then and then you see this tango, and then, you know, obviously the, the, the tango stuff, which I love tango music. I'm a you know, huge old Carlos Gardel fan, you know, all the old original Argentinian stuff. and and uh, where it emanated out of, and Piazzolla uh, and all those guys, she had a lot of that stuff already ingrained in the score and the temp, and so she needed to bridge it to the modern world, and so that was kind of my role, and Swiss Beats' role, if you will. Excellent. And uh, can you tell us a bit about... That was, that's why I loved, to, that's why I wanted to do it. It was challenging and, and, and interesting, you know, it just wasn't, uh, it was a little bit left out of the box, and I love things that are left and out of the box, and, and if that's to answer your question, that's why I really gravitated towards this project. Very good. And can you tell us a bit about um, the process of where you came in and exactly how you were able to work with the um, with the actors, with the writers on the project? Well, Aaron Scully and Paul Brusick brought me in from New Line, and Bonnie Greenberg and... Uh, the music supervisor and, and, and Bonnie had a big hand in this. She was on way early. And with Friedlander, our director, you know, it was really a collaborative meeting between, you know, the five of us and our music editor, Angie Rubin, all, I'd say, six and Swiss Beats. It was one of those projects where you really, uh, it just was a collaborative medium. Everybody had ideas and everybody had thoughts and everybody worked well together. And that's what film music a lot of times is. It's not just one person you know, dictating the show, or I'm going to compose you a score, here's your music. It's people going, I don't like that, rewrite that, and let's try this, you know? And, and, it, and it came, a, not with actors, but it came with the, the people in the post, and the editor, and, the, and everybody, all, everybody. It was just one of those movies that, you know, some of the parts, if you will. Did you get a chance at all to work with Mr. Menderes? No, I did not. No, he was not involved in your um, in, in, in discussing the tango sequences at all. A lucky, fortunate chance of working, meeting him, but I certainly was, you know, was a, a fan while I was a <laughs> for a long time. Does it impact you as a composer the idea that not only are people listening to this music, but the actors and potentially other dancers in the world will be dancing, will be responding physically to the created works that you're doing? Does that inform your process? Sure. How so? Oh, well, you know, what's on screen, it's, it, it affects my process in, in every turn. It's like, it's like scoring motion. It's like scoring, you know, it's like a ballet. It's a mini ballet, if you will. Right. A, modern, a modern, tiny vignette of a ballet. Right. And when, um, at what point in the process did you, did you ever start working with the choreographer, like in, in terms of exchanging ideas about the I music? wasn't involved with the choreographer. Um, the, the choreography was great on this, and, and, right. um, but I was brought in after the fact. So what's happening is I, I see what's on screen, and, and then what I have to do is after they've choreographed it and done temporary music to it, I have to go back in and make whatever music Liz Friedlander and Bonnie Greenberg and New Line loved to make it work with the picture and then come back, and then if they recut, then I have to adjust the music. So it becomes, you know what I mean, it becomes almost a science project after a little while, an interesting math puzzle. So you've already seen the dancing? Yes, absolutely. When, interesting. And, and did you find that had an impact on you? Oh, yeah, I, I loved it. Do you have some experience uh, in dancing, in some kind of ballroom dancing? You know, I, I, I love to swing dance, so whenever, you know, I like to, ta I actually like to salsa, and um, I'm not a tango dancer in any way, I don't know how to tango dance, but I love tango, so I know the rhythms, but uh, I, I've salsa danced, you know, on a numerous occasion before, and swing dance, uh, and, and I swung, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like to swing, swinging is fun. 
swinging. <laughs> swinging is fun. All right, well, I'll have to take that down for the record books. <laughs> now, the movie has been released then. It's it's on the street. What is uh, what is your impression of the public response to the film? I think it's great. I think it's still it's got great legs, and people, everybody that I talked to, I got a call yesterday from somebody I didn't even know, saying, yeah, I just saw Take the Lead, and wow, I loved it, and my kids loved it. And, you know, it's, it's a family great, great experience for a lot of people. It, it, I think it, for young people, it gets, gets it an awareness, and for older people, it gives them recall and, and connection. What I'm I'm seeing, uh, having watched the film, is it's the film seems to exist in response to this this cultural clash because we've got a one hand we've got a resurgent interest in dance, and of course hip hop is still enjoying an incredible popularity. Sure. Well, it, it you know it, I think what this movie also does it it sends a nice interesting vibe to a hip hop community in that like wow man these could. You know, who knows what, you know what, we don't know, but who's, who knows how it'll affect, uh, you know, the hip-hop world and, and what, what they'll do to some of their music, you know, or vice versa, you know what I mean? Or the ballroom world, who knows? You know right. what I mean? It's something that somebody might come up with in a, in a serious, you know, uh, someone, someone might take an idea and write a ballet from it. Who knows? It, it's very modern and very cool. Let's look here at the soundtrack. If you're, there's a, a one piece or a moment, one of the pieces that you can point to in particular that you felt very proud of, what was it? In the score, I learned that one of my favorite cues is the cue when they're going to the competition, finally. Okay. And uh, it starts with uh, rock out on the basketball court, and then it segues to where everybody's inside and doing, you know, and the music really, that's uh, probably my favorite cue. Excellent. What I'd like to do, just to get a sense about um, you globally as an artist, there are ten questions that were made famous in um, on the uh, Inside the Actor Studio show. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. No, I'm not. There's uh, ten questions that the interview would ask every actor when they come up, and the, the goal of these questions is, is for you to respond just with the first thing that comes to your mind. Alrighty? So, qu our first question, what is your favorite word? Yes. Excellent. And what is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> Makes sense. Least favorite word. Makes sense. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, one word? Or no, a sentence, whatever you like. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, see, I thought it was one word. Mm -hmm. Um... What turns me on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Connection. Good, good connection. And what turns you off? Negativity. Hmm. What sound or noise do you love? Probably partial to the viola and cello register. And what sound or noise do you hate? High and shrill. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Acting. Huh. And what profession, other than your own, would you not like to try? Acting, that is. Acting again? Acting, comedy, and acting and comedy. Excellent. Yeah. And, and what profession would you not like to try? Uh... You know, the word professional would I like? No, don't, don't hold me to that. It's not a good one. Uh, I don't want to put down bankers. Uh, a professional would I not like to try? Um, let's see. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't answer that because the only profession I could imagine is what I do. All right. 
If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? We've got a nine foot six deep Steinway piano waiting for you. <laughs> well said. Well said. Thank you very much, Mr. Zygmunt, on behalf of Dancecape. We've, ha we've enjoyed uh, having a conversation with you. Okay, buddy. Take good care. You too. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by Dancecape. For full transcripts, register for Dancecape Easing at www.dancecape.com. Dance is passion.